Good evening, everybody. As if Sword Out Online didn't have enough problems, a new episode features Asuna and Elfiers getting tentacle raped. An opera starring Hatsune Miku features costume designs by Louis Vuitton, pandering to the zero people who are into both Vocaloid and French high fashion. Production IG bans the use of the word moe among the cycle past staff. Next, Manglobe would announce a ban of the word funny among the high technical staff. Hostess shuts down all business operations, spelling the end for Twinkies. Stay-at-home anime fans begin questioning if life is even worth living anymore. My name is Kivo, my co-host is Akira, and we are on the clock. The show about nothing by people who know nothing. Without further ado, let's clock in with five good minutes on censorship in manga. This is actually quite an interesting topic to, th- uh, to think about because um, it's not something that we generally consider, um, but there is actually quite a bit of censorship that goes on um, in the manga industry, especially between the original run and the rerun, and this is something that has uh, recently been brought to my attention by um, several blogs online, which have people sort of comparing their old manga with ones that they've, they've, brought, they've bought uh, recently, and um, sometimes they're pretty substantial and egregious edits uh, between the two versions. Right, right. So what, what kind of alterations exactly? Is it, are they censoring, you know, um, sexual things? Or are they censoring violent things or swearing? Like, what, what kind of things are they changing? Um, you know, actually, it, I would chalk it up to mostly political correctness, I would call it. Uh-huh. Um, things like calling, you know, people who are retarded, mentally challenged. Uh-huh. Um, also, a lot of violence being toned down. Um, uh-huh. There's one line, for example, in Fist of, Fist of the North Star where the main character says, I will send you pigs to the slaughterhouse. And um, that reference to slaughterhouses is completely taken out in the um, re uh, rebound and republished edition sort of a couple of years ago. So, yeah, mm-hmm. there's a lot of evidence of that going on. Right, and and you you mentioned Fist of the North Star, which is obviously a classic. So this has been this has been going on for for decades, apparently, right? Yeah, I mean, it has been going on for decades. And what's really fascinating to me is that you know um, there seems to be um, a lack of visibility about this issue because most people don't rebuy the same things that they already have, which is why sure. I assume people have been able to get over um, you know sort of away with this for so long. Mm-hmm. No, yeah, obviously, uh, it's very concerning to me when. When even the thought of things being censored and things being changed, uh, and especially if, if there's no visibility or transparency about it, because I assume that there's some kind of uh, you know censorship board in Japan that that goes through all these works and, and actually makes that effort to remove these to remove these references, right? It's sort of unclear how how this mm-hmm. board, whatever it is, maybe it could just be the publishers, could mm-hmm. just be the maybe the manga artists themselves. Um, it's unclear how this process occurs, actually. Uh huh. Um, and uh, it seems a bit arbitrary because a lot of really racist language is still kept intact all right. throughout the years, even though references to violence are toned down. It's kind of like almost a reflect. What is censored is almost a reflection of just the nuances in Japanese culture. Almost like I'm not a very high consumer in anime and manga, but I, I would postulate that even people who collect lot and buy lots of manga, um, especially yeah. English speaking people, wouldn't wouldn't know because you know where where would you even suspect that things have been removed and changed. Do you think that it is a concern for uh, consumers that the original work is distilled down so much? Um, I mean, it doesn't seem to be that big of a concern, mostly because people don't know this is happening. Okay. Um, but now that they do, it, it is a bit of a concern, and there's a there's a bit of an uproar about what is censored and what is not, and okay. um, it seems that it's very arbitrary, and people are not very happy about that. Um, so, you know, th- it, it's not unique to Japan that things that are published um, is is censored out for social sensibilities. But what's interesting to me about the case that you presented with censorship in manga is that they're censoring a lot of political incorrectness in violence or 
um, you know, things like that, rather than sex- sexual content, right? Right. That's one thing. And the other thing is they seem to have no sort of um, filter for racism or anything mm-hmm. like that. It's mostly just all violence or, uh-huh. you know, things like getting rid of, um, you know, words like stewardess, you uh-huh. know, change that to flight attendant, stuff like that. Mostly, uh, it's kind of interesting to me how the sensibilities are kind of reversed between, uh, you know, stateside and in Japan because we censor out so much violence and sex uh, and racism. Meanwhile, it, it, um, in the in Japan, it's mostly you know the violence and the political incorrectness. Uh, wouldn't you agree? Yeah, I would, and I think that you know we know that Japan has a pretty strong tradition of you know like arrow and just mm-hmm. like being much more sexually okay I guess mm-hmm. um, and, and in many ways more patriarchal than American society and um, that definitely reflects itself in, a, in the choice of censorship like no sexual gags are censored out at all uh-huh. um, which is pretty fascinating to me yeah yeah meanwhile uh, I what are some egregious examples just one quick one before we run out of time of just something totally innocent being censored out I mean, I think that example about the slaughterhouse and Fist of the North Star says it all. You know, that's that's just a threat. It's not even uh-huh. it's not even a real sort of marker of violence, I think. And it's it's just ridiculous that that's out. And you know, there are scenes in Blackjack that have been censored out completely. Uh huh. Um, because he calls someone a cripple uh-huh. as opposed to handicapped, which is really really innocuous to me. I think. Yeah, yeah, that that's that's almost comical. Yeah. Anyways. Anyways, moving on. There was a controversy in episode six of Sakura So. Um, over the use of a Korean dish as opposed to a Japanese dish uh, in a certain scene. Um, this is really fascinating to me because it just marks another one of those, like, 2chan trolls, in my opinion. I don't really think anyone takes it seriously, except for maybe the Koreans. They seem to have taken it pretty seriously. But, um, yeah, it's it's pretty ridiculous what's been going on right now. So, in episode 6 of Sakurazo, while, um, I forgot, what's, what's her name? Uh, she's getting um, better. Uh, fucking, uh... The Osananajimi, that that chick. Right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um. While that, she's that, getting that better because she's being, <laughs> uh, yeah, because uh, she's she's exhausted from work. Um. You know, the main character, our MC, makes her a a stew of uh, samgyatan or something like that. I don't really know how to pronounce it. Meanwhile, in yeah. in the uh, original work, it was just porridge. So, yep, yep. what exactly is the source of this cultural sensitivity? Um, I really don't know what it is. I think it more it more started out as people saying, "Why why is there any need to change this?" Like it seems like a pretty superfluous edit, mm-hmm. and then it it quickly took on a racial dimension. What? Um, as all things do, and you know, people are saying, "Oh, this is because they favor Koreans, or it's because the animators are Koreans, or uh-huh. blah blah blah." You know, and uh, people in Korea got offended because they were like, "How dare you? How dare you guys like make fun of our food?" Um, but you know, it's one of the, one thing I would like to remind our um, American viewers is that um, you know you can't ever take two chance seriously. Half of those guys don't really mean what they say; they're just saying it to troll because they have nothing better to do. Sure. So I don't know how serious this actually is, but it definitely has turned into a cross. You know, this has turned to a problem on both sides of the sea of Japan. Right, right. Not not that these two countries get along normally uh, that well, anyways. Uh, I can imagine almost this as just a bored animator one night just being like, "Hey, this porridge looks boring. Let's add something interesting," and never imagining yeah. that this would come up. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you know, it's hard to tell what caused, what sparked this. Uh, but like, I will say that it is a bit of a superfluous edit. 
according to the Twitter account of Mishuzima Tsutomu, who is the director of Girls and Panzer, he and the animators have basically been getting into fights over whether to add panty shots in Girls and Panzer. Uh, the animators are trying to sneak him in, and he's just been vetoing all of them. So, you know, obviously Girls and Panzer... A, a pleasant surprise this season, and it's a show full of girls. So p- panty shots almost seem like a, a, a ready conclusion. So, Akira, what do you think about this uh, this resistance to fan service by Mishima? I wonder if it's really a resistance to fan service that causes this. Um, as the great manga artist Hiroyuki once said, there are two types of panty shots, the panchira and the panmoro. One being the partial panty shot, one being the full panty shot. But in reality, the best panty shot of all is the non-panty shot, because this allows the viewer's imagination to run wild. Uh huh. Now, now, of course, uh, I when I think I when I see this, I think of the Strike Witches movie that came out, which had multiple shots of just the camera zooming through the characters' legs. But that's uh, fine. That's Strike Witches. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Strike Witches is what it wants. Yeah, yeah, but like you know, like. I, I I like Girls in Panzer, and I think one of the reasons that make Girls in Panzer good is that it doesn't even need panty shots to get, grab the viewer's attention. It, it, it doesn't. It's not that okay, but I mean, Strike Witch doesn't need panty shots to grab the viewer's attention either, right? Like, well, Strike Witch is a different... like continuous panty shot if you think about it. Well, it, it's Pomodoro at its greatest, right? right but right. like, I'm saying that you know, like having the no the the no panty shots is actually a great way to titillate the imagination. You know, it's all about it's all about suggestion, I think. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And by saying we're not even going to focus on this, it actually allows people to, you know, um, so you, you think know, me, so you think let their run wild. They could all be wearing thongs for all I care. We so, have no idea. Mishuzima is actually not being a wet towel and being you know traditionalist. He's actually trying to go super like, uh, fascinating. Yeah, it's kind of interesting, isn't it? Uh-huh, uh-huh. Now, moving on, we have a new segment called uh, There I Said It, uh, and uh, I will basically read a sentence to Akira, and he will complete that sentence with one single word, and he'll have a minute to tell us why he thought so. So, Akira, why don't I get you started off with your first sentence? Okay, let's go. All right. The most underrated show this season is... Sakura so no petto na kanajo. There, I said it. This show is so underrated, it's not even funny. I mean, people think it's, like, moe trash. People are like, oh, it's sexualizing autistic people. I mean... Okay, what? like, sure, it has its problematic problem. It, it has its problematic, like, you know, setups and stuff uh-huh. like that. But honestly, it's a great show. It's got a lot of heart. It's done a lot better than most moe trash, actually. Absolutely. Out there to the, I, I wouldn't even call it moe trash at this point. It's also a beautiful, beautiful show. Uh-huh. Yeah, I... Um, so I really think it's it's highly underrated, and if you haven't given it a shot, you should definitely try it. Definitely, JC Staff has done a beautiful job with the art design. I find the characters remarkably likable. Um, people oh, say, yeah. oh, it's just so generic, like romance, like bullshit. You know, I actually find the characters surprisingly re- relatable. You know, I, right, I, it's right. just such an interesting show, yeah. I agree, I agree. Yeah. It's, it's bringing a little bit of freshness into a genre that's very, very tired by imitators. Yeah, and, you know, there might be a central, you know, like, defining gimmick to it, but it's one that, like... You know, it's one that adds something to the show, I think. A lot, actually. Absolutely. And anyways, moving on for you. The biggest problem with Robotics Notes is... The biggest problem with Robotics Notes is our main character, um... Uh -uh. Uh-uh. Kaito. But go on. Oh, okay. Okay. The biggest problem with Robotics Notes is Kaito, because he has a wet towel that won't do shit unless you beat him at gun barrel. I think he's just... Oh, he's the worst. He's just holding... He's an asshole. He's holding the show back, and the show wants... I think the show wants to develop, and he's just... 
he's been put on this god green earth to make robotics notes like delay robotics notes as long as possible from getting to the part where it's actually interesting i mean you can't say robotics notes isn't interesting already it is i'm still waiting for the wow factor but i think the biggest problem with robotics notes is frau cordial okay and i i admit that frau is incredibly annoying but continue I mean, you know, because she's just like, dude, <laughs> like, you know, she doesn't add much to the show. She's uh-huh. there because she's, she's there because basically the producers realize they fucked up when they made Daru a man in Steins Gate. Yeah, yeah, basically. And, you know, I don't, like, I don't find... If you take Daru and the incredibly <laughs> poor, like, hair sense of Fetus Nyanyan and put them together, you get Frau Kojiro, which is, like, awful. <laughs> I, I definitely can't argue with that one right there. All right, Akira, I have one for you. The okay. worst female character this season is? Uh, Sorata's Imoto from Sakuraso. There, I said it. I mean, she was just awful. There was no reason why she had to exist. It was just saying, let's take the most overdone trope in anime and let's do it the most obnoxious way we can. You mm-hmm. know? And it was so offensive because you know she's never going to show up again, probably. She might right. show up once, like in the next six episodes. And it's just going to be, it's pure shit. It's well, garbage. Well, you you just said that Sakurazo is so good. Do you think that this will actually you know hurt the show in general or? Yeah, I mean, I think it's it's already hurt the show, um, and I really hope that they actually step it up this um, this episode episode eight because episode seven was just a travesty. Uh, why didn't you say Frau? Because Frau is lovable in a weird way. Uh-huh. I hate her, but I love her. <laughs> sure. You know. It's because I've seen too many frows. I've seen too many frows in my life. Anyways, last one's for you. This season's biggest disappointment is Hayate, the combat butler, can't take my eyes off you. Um, yeah, this Hayate, the combat butler, is one of my favorite franchises in a long time. I really loved the first season, and I absolutely adored the second season by JC Staff. They made the show so colorful, and I thought the show was funny, Nagi is cute, all the girls are pretty, the art direction's great, the music's great. When I see Manglobe's butchering of this beloved franchise, I I just cry. I I just seriously, it's so disheartening to me. Why would they give a, a studio that has butchered the movie so horribly control over an entire series of this show? I, I, it, it escapes me how bad the franchise is. It's not funny. They, all the characters look like crap. And they're just, just dragging like the story through the mud. And you know what? Story is not one of those things that Hayate really needs. So I'm, I'm just in confusion over um, the most recent Hayate the Combat Butler. I mean, all I know about Hayate is Tony Taka's Erodojins, so you've totally <laughs> lost me. Now for a little bit of uh, opinion and discussion. First of all, Louis Vuitton is designing uh, Hasune Miku's outfit for an opera, and this just seems like a losing combination to me. I don't know about you. What do you think about that? I, when I read this for the first time, I thought it was a joke. Um, so what's going to happen is, on in December at the Yamaguchi Center, there's going to be a, a, an opera featuring our favorite vocaloid, Hatsune Miku. And they contracted Louis Vuitton to do the character and costume design. Um, the character and costume designs look very strange. Can Will you agree with, with me uh, with that one, Akira? That they look yeah, not this, like, if you can picture like a Louis Vuitton check, mm-hmm. but in black and white... And Miku has white hair and, like, black shoes. It's, like, all very angular. Right. 
very cubist. I don't know. It, it doesn't work for me at all. It's it's not. I'm not a Vocaloid fan myself, but it's not something that I. It's not a vision that I have of Miku. That's not one of my the that way of imagining that character doesn't really click with me. It seems to me like whoever whoever thought of this wanted to have Louis Vuitton on board just so they could have say we had Louis Vuitton on board. And right. um, you know, I, I can't see Mark Jacobs, who, you know, is the artistic director of Louis Vuitton, um, really being that big of a fan of Hatsune Miku to begin with. Yeah, I don't so. think I don't think when he designed Miku, you know, I don't think that he's been, you know, he is a lifelong Vocaloid fan or he really understands that character before he put pen to paper. You know, and, and in the end we get something that's that's not Hatsune Miku and, and not really Louis Vuitton. Yeah, so the real problem with this design is that it's neither, you know, it's neither here nor there. This could have been a really great collaboration between Louis Vuitton and Hatsune Miku and, you know, sort of really elevate Miku into the realm of haute couture. But, uh, you know, it's really just flat, like, it's falling flat on its face to me, you know. Uh, this is neither Louis Vuitton nor Miku, in my I, opinion. I can imagine, I understand what was going through um, the director's uh, head when he decided to collaborate with Mark Jacobs, kind of you know into, uh, juxtaposing you know, the Miku idol lifestyle with the concept of that high fashion, you know, idols fashion. You know, that kind of makes a little bit of sense. I just I yeah. just don't see the execution on paper. Also, uh, like no offense to anyone who owns anything about Louis Vuitton, Louis Vuitton hasn't been haute couture for years now, anyways. Mm-hmm. So I I, I would uh, I don't. I don't uh, <laughs> I'm not a. That's not my specialty. Anime I mean, is my. Specialty. Have you ever been to an outlet mall? <laughs> I, yeah, I, I see a lot of that in China though. Louis Vuitton is still very popular over there. It's just too bad because if there was a deeper understanding of either the character or the brand, I don't think that this would have happened. Mm-hmm. And and you know, and and, uh, I will admit it is cool when anime things are picked up by the quote mainstream. If you know what I mean. No, I I think it's cool. Too. I don't think this is. You know, uh, fundamentally a bad thing. I just think that in a specific case, the collaboration itself didn't really work out the way either. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And uh, I definitely recommend everyone, um, if you have time, just check it out. It's pretty easy to find the Louis Vuitton uh, designs, uh, you know, and check it out, take a look, and uh, see what you what you have, have thoughts about it yourself. Anyways, uh, moving on. Uh, Production IG has banned the, wor- the use of the word moe among the psychopaths uh, production staff. Um, I guess this is more towards what they're trying to get at is a f- more of an emphasis on like plot and narration and things like that and not pandering to the cheap Moe audience. At least that's what I get from that press release and that policy. Um, wh- what kind of ideas do you have, Akira? What, what Production IG exactly is doing uh, with this I policy? think Production IG is saying sorry for Guilty Crown. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Well... With actually how with how well Psychopaths has turned out so far, apology accepted. I absolutely love this show so far, and I, I definitely see that there's very there's no you know. First of all, there's like one female character in general, Akim, um, Akimori, uh, who's voiced by Hanakana. You know, government but, mandated Hanakana. Government mandated Hanakana casting, right? And. I've heard people say that she is like the most moe main character in a long time because she is so not moe. She kind of her character design is very bland and she acts very bland. She's not very proactive, but she's kind of shy and reserved. And you know, to a lot of people that's exactly what appeals to them. Um I think those people are hipsters. <laughs> um 
I don't think there's really an argument to be made that she's Moy. She's really not, and I think that that's fine. I don't think that's a problem. Uh-huh. Um, and I also think that production IG, you know, great for them to take the initiative, but they don't really fall into the Moy trap to begin with, nope, especially with um, Psychopaths. So it seems really weird that they would ban something which already, you know, isn't going on. I mean, like, just look at the show. It's full of dudes, you know? I mean, I'm almost worried that it's going to go the other way and we're going to get some yaoi action eventually. Can dudes be more? Ooh, you, that, that's the $10 million question. I don't think so. Like, I, I, it's very difficult for me to say what Moe is because can you imagine anime bloggers and anime fans having long arguments and walls of text arguments about Moe? Oh, I know. I know. I know too well. Yeah, it's it's a it's a very it's more of a feminine aesthetic. It's hard to describe what Moa is in words. Um, it's kind of like describing that taste of chocolate. Uh, to me, it's 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 very difficult. Fucking to, awesome. Fucking awesome. Yeah, hell, hell yeah, Moa is great. Um, but <laughs> <laughs> but I don't think guys should be Moa. Actually, if there's anyone out there who's more versed in Yaoi or Fujoshi culture than the two of us, because we're obviously not versed in that at all, we'd actually love to hear from you. Yeah, please. Yeah, we'd actually love to hear from you. Yeah. Uh, about whether or not guys can be moe in your opinion, or if there's a different word that you should use to describe guys. If moe is a you know particularly feminine thing, but either way, I think production IG has uh, taken a good but unnecessary step here. Yeah, I, I have absolutely no idea what I'm talking about when it comes to moe. So please educate us. Anyways. Yeah. Anyways, we're about to end now. So now for the big finish. First of all, we have a pretty interesting piece of news. Um, the author of Spice and Wolf has accidentally donated 150,000 Japanese yen to Wikipedia after he accidentally entered one more zero than he wanted to in the donation column. Excellent. You'd think that someone who wrote a manga about you know economic theory and stuff like that would remember to put the right number in when uh, he's filling out a text form. Uh, yep. Ma- Microsoft has announced that they will have a booth at Comic Hat. Uh, what are they selling? What, what could they possibly sell at Comic Cat? I don't know, like character goods for Windows Azure, Windows 8, Surface. Like, I don't know, like, who would buy Surface? I don't <laughs> Whatever. Know. And the manga of Naruto Kishimoto Masashi has announced that the manga is nearing its climax after, like, what, 10 years? Is that some kind of joke? Uh, the Evangelion movie is projected to be at the top of the box office in 2012. That's not too surprising to me. The Monica movies are great and all, but let's let's keep in mind who they're going up against. But Skyfall, Skyfall. Uh, uh, next, Cure Sunny, a guy, or rather, a guy dressed as Cure Sunny, wins the Miyako City Half Marathon in Japan. It's quite amazing, actually. Oh, uh, yes, we'll have pictures on the blog. It, uh, I don't remember Cure Sunny having legs that muscular. And finally, before we go, Yaron Blog has reported that Aya Hirano got picked up by a guy on the street. She said that he was, quote, totally hot. All right, that sounds excellent. Well, that's all for us to this week. Uh, thanks for listening, everyone, and... Uh, <laughs> All right. Is that how you just want to add the... Oh! In case you don't know, I'm living in a frat house and there's Sunday night football going on outside. Uh, um, I'll, uh, and so on that note, on, on that, that note, note, thank you for listening, we'll everyone. We'll see you next week. We'll see you next week. Bye-bye.